Welcome to the Leading Visionaries Podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established leading visionaries. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate and spotlight the leading visionaries who are thinking differently, seeing new possibilities, have the courage to dream big, take inspired action, and create conscious change all around the world. Now, here's your host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Leading Visionaries podcast, where we celebrate the ingenious, insightful, innovative, and inspired leading visionaries of our time and provide our listeners with world-class examples of the kind of courage, clarity, and confidence it takes to bring visions into reality. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Dr. Ellen Albertson. Dr. Ellen is a psychologist, well-being coach, and self-compassion teacher. Known as the midlife whisperer, she helps women find the energy, confidence, and clarity to make their next chapter their best chapter. A best-selling author, inspirational speaker, and expert on women's well-being, Dr. Ellen has appeared on Extra and NBC World News and has been quoted in Psychology Today, Forbes, and USA Today. She's written five books and articles for Self, Better Homes and Gardens, and Good Housekeeping. Her latest book is Rock Your Midlife, Seven Steps to Transform Yourself and Make Your Next Chapter your best chapter. I am so excited that you're here with me today. Welcome to the show, Dr. Ellen. Thank you, Angel. I am so delighted to be here and can't wait to get into this conversation. Well, you know, what I love best about you, Dr. Ellen, is that you have lived a pretty visionary life all along. And so I'd love to have you talk a little bit about what it was like for you when you first acknowledged your own visionary capacities? And what, if anything, was a challenge for you, either in affirming yourself or standing up in a world that may not necessarily affirm you? I love that question because I was just thinking as you were you were getting ready to ask is that just been doing a really intense life review. And honestly, it's really taken me five, six decades to get to this point and look back and say, my goodness, you have been everything from a celebrity chef to a life coach, to a personal fitness trainer, breast cancer survivor, going through divorce, all of this stuff. And so I think that I was so hesitant and I find with the women I work with to sit back and say, my goodness, each and every single one of us has been on such an incredible journey. And it is so powerful to step back and do this life review and really look at, my gosh, what are my strengths? Look at all the things that I have done and use that energy to help point you into what's next. I think for me, the thing that has held me back, I would say a combination of perfectionism and and self-doubt. It's a weird combination and maybe a little workaholism, the sense that nothing is ever good enough. 
I had a fierce self-critic. I've got some, you know, Virgo in my chart. This like, it's really not good enough and everything has to be perfect to put it out in the world. And what you've done isn't good enough. And there's almost this, when, when things happen that are good, this can be this kind of welling up of almost guilt. Like, why am I so lucky to be in this place where I have a job that I love, that it was kind of like luck and I don't always deserve that imposter syndrome too. So a lot of those kind of shadow selves come up, but every time we get to another stage, it's an opportunity to shine some light and do some healing on these shadow parts of us that are saying, it's not perfect. You're not good enough. You've made all these mistakes. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve to be here. Someone's going to unmask you. So, but I think I've finally gotten to this place where I'm just, I'm good. Um, the precipice that I'm on right now, and I have to credit you for a lot of the work that we did together of really addressing the workaholism, mm -hmm. which was a linchpin that was in place that I needed to pull the heck out to stay alive. Beautiful. Well, you know, one of the things that I often talk about here on this show with leading visionaries is this idea of the vision, you know, the vision from the future is pulling you forward. What I'm really excited about you bringing to the table today, Dr. Allen, is this idea of a, of the importance of also looking back, looking back in more than one way. So looking back and seeing and acknowledging the strengths that you've built, the skills that you've built, the wisdom that you have attained, the things that you can actually celebrate if you give yourself five seconds to do that, right? If you get off the hamster wheel and give yourself five seconds to do that celebration, but also to look at, as we look in the past, how do we unleash that to fuel whatever is next number one and number two what from the past that we are seeing and using our vision for is it time to let go of so as a leader i'd love to have you talk about some of those turning points in your own life where you have had to let go, whether it was letting go of a job or a title or a pattern of behavior, or even something that you thought you had to be doing that could actually be delegated to someone else. Can you talk about the letting go process? Sure. Well, I think the letting go process, a big part of it is when we're doing that life review is first, what are the stories that we're telling ourselves about these things that happened to us? Is this the story of, you know, failure or is this a story of, gosh, that really was meant to happen this way. And what did I learn and how did I come out of it stronger? So I think part of the letting go is letting go of the, the negative BS stories that we tell about ourselves and embracing the fact that we are imperfect human beings. That's a big piece of that, that self-compassion piece. Letting go for me, a big piece of it is is perfectionism of when I have made mistakes. I mean, it's specific things. Anytime I think you're ending one thing and starting something else, there is this sense that I failed at that. I would say the first thing in my career path was when my ex-husband and I, we were the cooking couple in the 90s and we were big celebrity chefs. And we had gotten to a, a really big precipice of you know six-figure book deal and and a tour and we had a radio show that was successful but we were realizing that working together was really toxic and we had to let it go so there's a sense that you have to not think of it as a failure but thinking of it as okay it's a turning point 
Mm-hmm. It's a time to do something fresh, taking the good things that you gained from. And I got a tremendous amount of media experience and exposure from that time. So I think every time that I'm at a changing point, it's always this sense of what did I learn and how do I interpret this story, not as a failure, but as a, okay, it's time for something new. And also I think a big piece of it too is learning to listen to your intuition and really understanding when your intuition says that that's not your train anymore, you've reached your stop and there's another train over here. And it's a little scary because there's nothing in that train and you have to get in there. You're not quite sure where it's all going, but so much of it is about, and this is, you know, a lot of what I do in my coaching work is what are the stories we're telling ourselves? How are we interpreting these things that happen in our lives? Or, you know, I use another, another example like breast cancer. Breast cancer was devastating for me partially because it it totally wasn't on my vision board. I have no family history and I'm incredibly healthy. My life is about as a health and wellness coach and a dietitian, a psychologist, helping people to live healthy lives. Mm -hmm. And here I was feeling like a complete failure because of that tumor that found its way into my breast. And so this had to really reinterpret that and go, okay, what is my tumor teaching me? Mm -hmm. And that's where, you know, we met and, you know, Mm -hmm. it was an incredible opportunity to, transform the way that I do my work, because Mm -hmm. I realized that if I was going to continue to work in this workaholic vein, I was going to continue to get another cancer. Realizing that, you know, I have a genetic mutation that puts me at a higher risk. And that was a piece of it. So I think part of it is, you know, can we let go of the failure? Can we give ourselves compassion, realizing that we all make mistakes, we all fail. And every single failure is a stepping stone on the road towards success. Every time that I've changed, I stopped being a personal fitness trainer, realized again, this was toxic for me. I was working out with all my clients. I really couldn't see myself handing people dumbbells in my fifties and sixties. It was time to have a change, but it was really hard to leave a successful career that wasn't working anymore. So forgiving ourselves, giving ourselves compassion, Mm -hmm having the strength to move to something new and also having the faith and the trust that there is something there for us that could be bigger, a better fit for where we are right now. And also being okay with being comfortably uncomfortable. And that's something that I work with my clients constantly of the sense of people who don't want to leave a job. They don't want to leave a marriage. They don't even want to transform their bodies because it's known and it's comfortable and your brain isn't interested in you being happy, successful, fulfilled. It's only interested in keeping you safe. And uncertainty for your brain is signaling that's not safe. We don't know what's what's out there with that. And so every time you come to one of those turning points and you have an ending and an unknown new beginning, you have to give yourself compassion and really have the faith that there's something else wonderful out there and you can take those experiences and build something new. Well, you know, I also think, Dr. Ellen, that the longer, the more trips around the sun that we have, (laughs) the more we have experience of having the endings and then having a new beginning that turns out to be better and then having another ending and having another new beginning that turns out to be better. One of the things that I want to just underscore here when you were talking about toxic for me, I think it's really important for people to understand that this idea that it could be great for somebody else, but for me, it is toxic. It is dangerous. It is not healthy. It is whatever it is. And so I love what you were saying about it's not necessarily a failure. It's really an opportunity to raise awareness and to 
address ourselves, right, as leaders, as visionaries with self-compassion and to recognize that with each of these turns of the wheel, we have the opportunity to become greater, more aware of what works for us and what doesn't work for us, which is a lot of what you and I did together was getting really clear what's working, what's not working, and where do you want to point your compass? What what value set do you want to cultivate to come out of old toxic patterns that were conditioned and to set your course in a new direction? We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk more about where people can find out about you. But right now, listeners, are you a leading visionary or in the role of leading other visionaries? Consider joining our community and sharing your feedback and takeaways from each episode. We invite you to join us and support this podcast by making a donation at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. Interested in finding out more about how you can receive support for getting your vision out of the air and onto the ground? You can apply to qualify for a complimentary consultation with me or a member of my team by clicking the Connect with Angel button on the website. Be sure to share this show in your own spirals of influence with the people who you think might benefit from our content. I want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands and thousands of downloads from all over the world. I want to shout out this week to our listeners in Costa Rica and in Vermont. And we will be right back with Dr. Ellen Albertson. The Leading Visionaries podcast is brought to you by the Creative Age Consulting Group. Are you the one who thinks differently, who is called to create a significant conscious change in the world, who is seeing and dreaming of a better way for your industry, your community, humanity? Creative Age Consulting Group is hired to guide leading visionaries just like you who want to break through the static in order to clearly express and confidently enroll support for their vision in a way that makes it inevitable that it will come to pass. Your word is your wand, and as the leader, your ability to articulate and communicate your vision is essential to its materialization and monetization. Please enjoy with our compliments a free copy of the book, Be Heard by Millions and Live Your Destiny, which was a number one new release in three categories to get you started. The book is yours by visiting gift.leadingvisionariespodcast.com. And we are back with Dr. Ellen. I want to let you know where you can find out more about her. You can go to themidlifewhisperer.com and we will have that for you in the show notes. When they get there, Dr. Ellen, what are they going to find? Well, they will find a free gift, which is 10 tips to rock your midlife. You can also check out my book and my podcast, Rock Your Midlife as well. Beautiful. I love it. All right. So let's talk now, Dr. Ellen, about what you do when you are in a leadership role to help enroll other people into your vision. And whether that's enrolling people to become clients, enrolling team members to support and help you, enrolling other stakeholders, investors, colleagues, what is your process for really expressing your vision in a way that's enrolling so that people will add their energy to your vision? Yeah, I'm always, you know, teaching what I need to learn. And, you know, we attract our tribe by being ourselves. And I'm always amazed at how many people 
want to connect with me on some level because they read my story, particularly of, you know, dealing with divorce, blindness, breast cancer, a lot of these difficult things, midlife. And I'm usually smiling and dancing around and feeling really good. So I think the the way I like to attract and magnetize people is just by being very, very high vibe, by meeting people where they are at, by also supporting people like you. I have a podcast and it's a wonderful way for me to reach out to people that I admire, who inspire me, that I can connect with. And I think just always being available to, you know, how can I support you? What can I do for you? And I think that's something that's so powerful as women visionary leaders, that we are not in competition with each other. We are like so done with this competition. I don't want to be anybody else. I'm not in competition with anybody else. And I think when we come with this attitude and saying to the universe, hey, how can I help someone else today? And we come with this open, compassionate heart for ourselves and other people and just ask that those people would be drawn to us and we would be drawn towards them. I think that, you know, the enrollment, the connection happens really naturally. It's like, you know, when we're, you know, kids and we're at the lunch table and we realize like we have all of this in common with this other person. And it's just kind of a really synchronous, beautiful thing that really starts with just saying, how can I help you and how can we together collaborate and grow something which is going to be, you know, for the, the best of all beings? I think we're really in this place right now where each and every single one of us needs to work on ourselves, work mm-hmm. on loving ourselves, knowing ourselves, energizing ourselves and helping other people do the same. The more of us that do that, that's the Aquarian age organic process that's really going to make the difference. The big entities that have been doing all the stuff and really being in control are starting to crumble. That's not working anymore. And so there's this really beautiful organic process where we're finding people who are like-minded and connecting. And then you find, you know, you're really good at this and I'm really good at that, but I'm not so good at this other thing. And it just all of a sudden happens really organically in a beautiful way. Mm, I love that. Well, you know, one of the things I want to just really point out there as well is part of being a leader and a visionary is making sure, as we were talking about before the break, that you have the self-awareness because you've got to know yourself first before you can even begin to help somebody else. You've got to know what you bring to the table. You've got to know how you can help or how much time you have available or where your gifts and your genius is best served. You've got it. We've got to, as leaders and visionaries, know ourselves first. So I want to ask you now about, we talked before the break, also, you mentioned the word intuition. And so I truly believe not only in this idea of organic coming together and collaboration that you were just talking about, but I also am a very firm believer that as leading visionaries, our intuition is incredibly valuable and important element of everything that we do. So I'd love to have you talk about your own journey into valuing your visionary capacity, your intuitional capacity, and how you leverage your intuition in your work with your clients and in your business and in your vision of helping people at midlife. Yeah, the big part for me is opening up that part of my brain. I grew up in a family where woo was not okay. If it wasn't scientifically proven, then it didn't exist. And it just wasn't okay. For So for a really long time in my life, 
I just completely was in the intuitive spiritual closet. I was like, shut the door, don't want to go there. But it kept knocking and being like, yeah, this is this is who you really are until the point where I really had to, had to listen to that. So these days, you know, I really try to marry both my intellect, the right brain and the left brain together. I would say in terms of listening to my intuition, it really comes down to having a spiritual practice, spending time where you're quiet, spending time in nature, understanding what really is in your toolbox, listening deeply and compassionately to other people, doing visioning, which is what this podcast is all about, visualizing, seeing yourself up on stages, meeting people, and really the the, the tricky key thing for me, and I think for anyone listening, is you've got to marry that energy now. You've got to take this like, okay, so I see myself in five years, you know, or two years or one year doing these things, but I've got to start to embody that energy and way of being now. And one of the things that I have done, which has been amazing, is I've been on this true style journey. So I am taking this sort of inner energy that I've been cultivating for years and listening to my intuition and, you know, and following the guidance that I'm being given and also seeing in society where I fit in and I'm being really called to really be part of this conversation around midlife, menopause, aging, that, you know, we're not irrelevant as women after a certain age and our looks aren't the most important thing about us. And we can be cute and sexy at 60, all of this kind of thing. So listening to what's the conversations that are happening? Where do I fit in with all that? And seeing myself in, you know, a year, two years, five years, literally visualizing my future self and then seeing how do I bring that energy to today? So part of that is also, I am starting to dress like my future self so I can see her. And I'm like, okay, when I'm buying clothing now, I am, you know, I literally did a vision board. I'm working with this woman named Lisa Whisker, who is amazing, who did a vision board of like, what are the colors and the feels and the textures and how does that all fit in? And when I put on this, I guess I can say costume or this way of being, I start to come alive as that future self and I'm living the vision. I'm becoming the authority, the author of the future vision. And again, inspiring and attracting people who are you know part of that that chapter, that story that I'm currently writing. Mm, Beautiful. All right. So now I want to go back because you are in this place where you are authoring this future vision. Your future self is, you know, holding her hand through time and pulling you into the future. You're taking these action steps. I am curious about what you're doing to bring forward whatever wants to come with you from the past. So what is your process for, like we talked about letting go of things from the past that we don't want anymore, but how are you sifting through and discerning what actually comes with you as you go into the future? Well, so as I do that life review and go through my life and look at all of the things I've accomplished, I try to find the commonality, the common threads of what are my strengths? What are the things that I love to do? What would I do all day? You know, if I could, what are you know, really thinking about? We've so little time here on the planet. What are the things that I do best that really light me up? And then also where, you know, how do I not keep stepping in that, that, redoing those old things, you know, stepping in the pile of poo that we keep stepping into? What did I learn so I don't do those things again? And how can I get help? And where my blind spots or my weaknesses are? But, you know, leaning into my strengths, my abilities, I've been doing also a lot of work with, 
human design, you know, as well as astrology, going back to what you were saying earlier, Angel, about really deeply knowing ourselves and really believing that we were here for a reason. And also, I think a, a big piece for me of, you know, bringing those things in the future is this intuitive piece. I've had a couple of events at times you, you mentioned you know, Vermont and Costa Rica, you know, I bought a home in Costa Rica and that was this vision of, oh yeah, retreats. Mm -hmm. So I have no idea exactly what that's going to look like and how it's going to start, but having this faith of the universe said, buy this home in this place that you love. And, you know, if you, you know, build it, they will come. Mm -hmm. So there is this piece of faith. And I think that the more we grow and particularly spiritually, the more we're asked to like, step outside our comfort zone a little more and more and trust that, mm. oh, this is why this happened. And then again, going through that life review, we're looking, oh yeah, this is why this happened. Mm. This is why you went through that thing. And really just having faith that the, the things I'm saying yes to are leading me on that next step. And I think that's another big piece is just that connecting with the clarity in that internal yes, connecting with that solar plexus, and when I make decisions, really asking myself, is this a yes or is this a no? And even if the, it's a yes, like I just got asked to speak in London, and that was kind of a step outside my comfort zone, right? To go all the way to Europe to do a, do a talk, but feeling like, yeah, this is the right next move for you. And it's actually turning out to be a really great opportunity for me. And I think I'm going to meet a lot of people and it's going to be wonderful. But again, that's that stepping outside our comfort zone. And, and the more we grow and the more vision we have and the larger leadership role we are playing, the bigger opportunities and stages we have a need, the even more faith we have to show every step along the way. Yeah, well, I think that's the the last thing I want to talk about here with you is we've we've talked a lot about the intellectual side of things, the intuitive side of things. But one of the things I know about you, Dr. Allen, not the you know, not just because you invested to work with me, but because you consistently are investing in yourself and investing in faith, investing in your vision, investing in your future, you know, as the example you just gave of buying a place in Costa Rica, because that was the choice that was in front of you in that moment. You listened to your yes. I'd love to have you in the end piece here talk about this idea of not only getting help, but being willing to invest again and again and again to say yes to the invisible, really. Yeah, I think that that's a piece, too, of so much of what you talk about is living a wealthy life mm -hmm. and understanding that the universe is abundant. And if we're always in contractual mode, there's not going to be that vacuum there to fill. And the more that we expand and the more that we realize when we invest, whether it's money, time, we are supporting other people. Every dollar we spend, every time we help somebody else, whether we're paid or not, you know, we're part of this expanding universe. So by, you know, taking that chance, investing in yourself, and I find the more that I spend, whether it's, you know, time or energy, whatever it is, or money, the more the universe gives back to me. When I stay in this contractual, oh my God, I don't want to spend my money. I don't want to do this thing. Then my the clients and opportunities start drying up. It's definitely this expansive place that you can tap into by taking those chances or just are listening to your intuition and saying, yeah, this is, this is the direction I want to go into. And again, going back to what I was saying earlier, 
failure is just the stepping stone, you know, to, to your success. If you are going to be a visionary, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fail. And, and seeing this as a necessary part of the growth process and also seeing that as you make mistakes, you show your vulnerability. It's a wonderful thing to show other people so that all of us can feel like, yeah, it's okay to make a mistake, to mess up. We don't, nobody's perfect and we don't have to wear this mask of, of perfection anymore. But the bottom line is the more that you expand and you put out there, the more the universe will fill you and give you more to keep you energized and moving. I love it. Well, you have been, as always, absolutely wonderful to spend time with Dr. Ellen. I, I think you and I could spend hours and hours and hours together speaking. So maybe we'll have a little conversation after the fact in the green room about this retreat idea. But for now, listeners, we do love feedback. Please let us know what you think of today's show by joining our community, sharing your takeaways, asking questions, or submitting guest suggestions. You can weave your visionary thread into our fabric by opting in on our website at www.leadingvisionariespodcast.com or by interacting with us on social. Look for the handle at Leading Visionaries Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears, eyes, and hearts open. And remember, you are here to create conscious change. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Leading Visionaries on Apple Podcasts and share with other people you know who can benefit from today's episode. Leading Visionaries is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leading visionaries who are called to create conscious change and know that now is the best time to welcome wealth and cultivate a web of collaborative support to bring their vision to life. We invite your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of new episodes at leadingvisionariespodcast.com.